Well, good morning, church. I'm excited to be with you guys, um, and I know this looks a little bit different, um, as Pastor Tiffany said, but we are the church. The church is inside of us. It's not just the building. So wherever we are, we are the church. And so inside of your homes, you are the church right there. And thank you so much for uh, just worshiping with us this morning, being with us. And uh, the awesome thing about this is you get the opportunity to, to share this now, share it later, um, shoot someone a text message and say, hey, just tune into church right now. Um, I really believe God uh, has given me a word, and, and not that it's me, but really it's just him and his inspiration, and I'm truly just believing in that. Um, well, we're going to take a moment, and uh, I, I just want to encourage you, you know, things function differently in, in the midst of this, and, um, in, in, as well as our giving and our offering and our kingdom giving. And so we just want to encourage you. I, I know this is tough times for many of us. Some of you are, are facing even job loss or, or the threat of that financially. Um, what's going on in the world um, is not great. And I know that a lot of us have taken a hit on that. But uh, we're just standing and believing that God is going to provide in every way, um, including here at Christian Hills. And so we're just encouraging you, although you're not here in person, to give in the plate or in the boxes this morning. We encourage you to... Um, Continue your giving if you're able. Um, and we have the opportunity online for you to do that. If you go to christianhills.org um, and hit the Give tab right at the top, it's very easy to do. It's very safe, very secure. You can also do text giving. You don't even have to go to the website at 708-928-8444. Um, that number again is 708-928-8444. And that number should be up on your screens. But we just encourage you to give, um, and we're just trusting in God for the finances here at Christian Hills, for the finances for you and your families, just to continue to come forth. And I believe God will provide. But uh, we're just, I'm going to uh, say a word of prayer over the offering, the giving over your families, um, and to, for the Lord just to be in the midst of the word this morning. Um, and we just give it to him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for who you are. Lord, in the midst of the storm that you are truly in control in every single way. And Lord, I pray that as we give this morning and it looks different, Lord, or we're not in church in our seat here, but we're at home with our families, God. We're, we're doing church together wherever we're at. Lord, I pray that you would just be with us, God. Protect us, provide in every way that is necessary. Lord, I pray that you would just work and move in mighty ways, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have any issues with that, please just reach out to us. Um, but we want, to, we want again, to, to keep you connected in every way that we can. And we'll be updating you uh, week by week. We'll take, be taking this thing a week at a time and uh, updating you on events and things that are happening. We'll be trying out some cool things for youth. Um, the youth in the house will be, will be working on um, doing some Zoom meetups and some lives through our social media and things like that because I want to stay connected with you guys. And, and if you're f with us for the first time, maybe on our stream this morning on Facebook Live, we just welcome you. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for checking it out. I pray when this whole thing is over that you can come and join us. Uh, my name is Pastor Brennan. I'm the associate and youth pastor here. Um, quick update just on Pastor Mike. He had to go visit his, his dad out in Yuma, Arizona and take care of some things with him. And all his flights got canceled. And so he had to drive across the country the last couple of days. Um, but he is home. He is safe. He's back here home. And uh, he's resting. And so we're just glad that he made it home safe. And uh, we're just continuing just to, to lift him up and his family. And uh, I get the opportunity to share the word with you this morning. And I'm so excited for that. I, I, like I said, I, I truly believe God has given me a word for this time. And um, I really believe that God is opening up some things within our lives right now as we go through this. And there's so many questions that surround what's going on with the sickness in the world um, and, and how it's affecting people globally. And as believers, as Christians, or, or even us in the moment of questioning God, or we're not sure even where we're at uh, when it comes to God and, and what we believe in our faith, I, I believe that God is stirring something up in the midst of this, and he is going to provide a way through. And so my message title this morning, uh, I was going back and forth, and I had a couple things in mind, and it's a little bit of a long one, but I feel like it's very fitting, and you're going to see why, and I'm very excited for it, but it is this. It's from a place of quarantine, resetting our relationship with God in the secret place. From a place of quarantine, resetting our relationship with God in the secret place. And the thing is, is many of you are at home because for most of us, we're in this place of being quarantined and stuck in our homes. 
And, and there's so many things, like I said, going on in the world, and I think it brings fear, and, and it makes us anxious, and there's so many unknowns. And so how do we respond? How do we deal with this in the midst of it? How do we look towards God? And there's some things we can ask ourselves, how is faith built in the midst of hardship? How do we trust that God is in control? We have to trust and look towards God in this and, and believe that he can bring us through. And I'm really excited just to unpack this message. And it comes from the idea of this. In Psalm 91, it says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. In another version, it says it this way. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Man, this scripture, I think, pops out to me, and, and I'm going to continue on what it, with what it says, but this first part says that if we dwell, if we rest, if we abide in the presence, in the shadow of the Almighty, if we are sheltered by the Most High, He is protecting us. And church, I want to remind you this morning that no matter what we're facing in our world, that God is in control. Did you guys hear me? God is in control. In fact, I want you to say it with your family. Ready? One, two, three. God is in control, okay? And I want us to truly understand why. Not just to, to, for me to say that to you, but I want us to see and understand why. If we continue reading in Psalm 91 here, it says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare, and from the deadly pestilence. You know what's interesting about this word? If you study the definition of pestilence, it means a fatal epidemic disease. Okay, tell me the Bible's not relevant in the wording that God uses. The fact that the definition, what is the word they've been using all over the news and media? Epidemic. Pande epidemic is a widespread disease. Pandemic just means that it's global. It's worldwide. And that's what we're experiencing and it's right here in the, in the scripture that God, when we trust in him, he will save us. He will bring us three. And, and it continues in verse four. It says, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You know, I think it's interesting that when we look at this idea of how do we reset our relationship with God, it goes back to how are we going back to the protection of the Lord? How are we going back to this place where we can trust and know that he is in control, that we abide in him? John 15, 14 says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Abide, go back to this place. Where is the secret place that we need to be put? And what could God bring through a place of quarantine that we might be stuck in? What is God doing in the midst of that? In the secret place, we are resetting our relationship with God. We have to ask ourselves, how is our daily walk in the midst and what does it shape and do within the response amidst this crisis? How, how do we respond in the midst of what's going on in our world? I believe as a church, if we stand in faith, if we go towards God, we might not have the answers. Like I said, there's so many unknowns. We don't know what the outcome might be, but God does. He's the source. We can go back to him. We can go towards him and his protection. So I brought a little illustration with the, me this morning in this idea, and I think it's so awesome because Pastor Tiffany didn't even know uh, the, the message title that I have, but uh, she said reset in her prayer. And I believe that's what we have the opportunity to do. And, and we're going to talk about this and what it really means to reset. But, but I brought this with me and... Uh, what I want you guys to do is, uh, you know, if you're at home and you're sitting on your couch nice and comfy in your pajamas, you know, there's the comment section down there on Facebook, take, take a picture, maybe with somebody else's phone, and uh, I want to see your families, I want you guys to comment, I want you to interact, we got people here that'll be interacting with you, but take a picture, we want to see you guys where you're at, where you're streaming from, but um, maybe you've been stuck at home and you've been trying to keep yourself busy, okay, and I know some of these are going to go a little old school on us, but uh, you guys might know what this is, it's... It's a game system, right? So I got an Xbox here. Um, 
I got a uh, Nintendo Switch, right? Okay, you've been trying to keep busy this week, right? Parents, the, the kids are probably begging you, let me play video games, mom. I'm, I'm done doing my schooling. And you're like, all right, just, just go. I just need a break. Maybe that's you. Um, and then I got a little bit of a throwback here, too. So this is, if anybody knows uh, what this is here, the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Here we go. Uh, we got Tony in the back. He knows what this is. So some of you might remember what this is, and some may not. But something similar about all of these is, is sometimes, and especially if you're going a little bit back, because they got some better processors now in these gaming systems, but this, this is going back to the start, right? Um, but something interesting about these systems is right here on the front is you have the power button to turn it on, but next to it, you have a reset button. You have a reset button. And a lot of times with, with, with these games, if you know anything about the NES, especially you got to like take it out, the cartridge, and blow out the game. Like, you know, okay, I'm dating myself a little bit. But if you know, if you've been there before, you understand what I'm talking about. You don't have to do that as much. Maybe you got to rub a disc out, um, but everything's online now. So, but, but there's a reset button because sometimes the game would freeze up. Sometimes everything would come to a screeching halt. And like you're in the middle and at the end of the game and you're, right to, you're about to finish the level and it freezes and you're like, no! Like it's that moment that everything just comes to a screeching halt. Does it kind of feel like that in our world right now? We, we, we need that reset button. Like how many of you are saying like right now in our world, like we need to just reset 2020. Like can someone hit that reset button? Let's start over. Let's try it again. World, you need to start it over. God, what's going on? And, and I think that sometimes we feel that way, not only with what's going on, but many times we feel that way spiritually in our life too, where we need that reset button. We, we need to come back to the heart of who God is. And so how can we reset in our walk with God? How can we see what God is doing in the midst of what seems and is a terrible, terrible situation? There's so many people that are sick and dying, and we see that all around our world, and, and there's, there's things that are, there's just hysteria happening. People are freaking out, living in fear, and we're, we're called by God to not have a spirit of fear, but a sound mind and self-control. And that brings me to my first point is rest, that we have the opportunity to rest in God and, and what he is doing and who he is. When we can rest, we are allowing ourselves an opportunity to reset. When your body goes to sleep, it is resting. It's in a state of rest. It's recuperating. And I think that, that God is making an opportunity through this. God is providing an opportunity for many of us to rest. And again, people are, are suffering and they're going through this. And like I said, the impact is even beyond sickness where it might be you're out of work, you're, you lost your job, whatever it is. But I believe as we've been talking about breakthrough, what a, what a better, more fitting thing for this year, breakthrough. Like we need a breakthrough in our world. We need breakthrough in our lives right now. And we're trusting in God for that. And Pastor Mike has been walking through breakthrough in relationships. And this is going to tie in exactly to that. And we're going to continue this theme. But we have this idea of rest. Now we're going to be talking about a guy named Paul today. And this is where it's going to come into play from a place of quarantine. What could God do? Many of you are stuck in your homes. You, you know, you can only go out for groceries. And in Illinois here, that's, that's where we're at. We've been kind of confined to our homes and it's kind of like, what now? What, what are we going to do in the midst of that? And so I'm going to start off by reading from Acts 9. I'm going to be jumping around. I'm, I'm going to kind of explain some of these. If you'd like to go there with your Bibles, you can. I'll, I'll be in Acts 9, and then we're going to do some reading together in a little bit. But uh, I just want to start us off and set us up with this character that we come in, in, in to contact with, and his name is Saul, okay? And in chapter 9 of Acts, it says, uh, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the highest priest and asked him for the letters of the synagogue in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus, excuse me, on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood, stood there speechless. 
They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see anything. So they, let, they led him by hand into Damascus. For three days, he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. So we have this character, Saul. He was going around and he was murdering Christians because they were following after Jesus. This was right after the time where Jesus had come. He was walking on earth here. He did ministry in the world and he had died and rose again. And there was this remnant of believers that were following and saying, hey, the disciples, they were reaching out. People were getting saved. Right In the midst of their homes, in Acts chapter 2, you can read it, fire fell from heaven, okay? Where are you guys at right now? You're in your homes, right? You're in your homes, and, and they were seeking God, and fire fell from heaven. But then they were, they were facing some opposition. And in the midst of that, th this guy, Saul, is the one that's going and persecuting Christians, and Jesus stops him dead in his tracks on the road to Damascus. And he stops him, and he blinds him. And it says, you're going to go, and you're going to wait for three days, right? You're going to wait. And so it comes along, and, and I'm going to jump forward a little bit, but we have this guy named Ananias that the Lord appears to him and says, hey, I need you to go talk to Saul and share about who I am to him. And Ananias is like, me? Are you serious? Like, I know this guy's reputation. He kills Christians. I'm a Christian. You want me to go talk to this guy? He's going to kill me. And he's arguing with God, and, and God's like, listen, I need you to go. He has seen a vision. He knows that you, by name, Ananias, are coming to share the good news and share what he needs to do in order to follow me. And so I'm going to jump ahead in verse 15 here in chapter 9 of Acts. It says, But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and he was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Moving forward, it says, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogue that Jesus is the Son of God. It says for several days he stayed in that home where he was at, okay? And so he was in the midst of that. Not only was he blinded, he wasn't able to eat, speak, anything. He was stopped dead in his tracks. Everything halted in his life. And he was going one way, but God said, no, I got a different plan for you. And I think that that's right where we're at. We're stuck in our homes. We're put to, to a stop. And for some of us, we might be like, man, I, I'm really struggling with this God thing. I'm really struggling with who he is and how could he let all this happen in the world. But let me remind you, let me encourage you, God is in control. And he has a plan for each and every one of our lives, even through this sickness, even through what our world is experiencing, even through what your family is going through. And just like he did for Paul, he, he, then Paul was, Saul became Paul. And so he said, like Jesus said, and he spoke to Ananias, he is going to be used as one of my instruments to share the message. You see, it took Paul to become blind and deaf in, his, in a home before God released him. It took him a moment to be stopped, to be stuck in a place. And I want to encourage you that he came to know what it meant to have a relationship with God, to know that Jesus died for him, just like Jesus died for you and I, each and every one of us. That's the message of the gospel, that, that our, our, the wages of our sin was death, but God gives eternal life as his free gift because Jesus died on the cross. We're going to celebrate that in a few weeks. But I want to encourage you, this message kind of gets reiterated with this in Romans 5. He said there might be much suffering that, that Paul was going to go through. There will be. He, he, he said that. But in Romans 5, 1 through 5, I'll read it for you, and it's on the screen there. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. 
Man, I, I pray that the Holy Spirit saturates the presence of your homes right now through this scripture, the fact that Jesus was sent by God to die for each and every one of us. And we see the conversion of Paul right here, from Saul to Paul, where God worked and moved in his life. And what would it look like for us to have a reset in our relationship with God? Maybe it's your first opportunity even hearing this and coming to say, man, Jesus died for me and my sin and all the wrong that I've done and he washes it clean. God forgives you. That's his grace. That's his mercy. That's his second chance for you. God gives that to you. He extends his hand in that way. And those of us that, that you've seen that in your life and you know a relationship with the Lord, how, how can we come together in both scenarios and abide in knowing that we have a relationship with God through what Christ did for us? We can reset that today and every day and choose today to make that decision to walk with Christ through this. You see, from a place of quarantine, Christ can raise us up as new and refreshed followers. From the place of you being quarantined in your home, God can do something amazing. I believe God is going to work miracles through this. But we see that opportunity. And so I wanted just to, to set that up. There was a reset. That button was hit in Saul's life, and he became Paul. And then it says from there, he just went out and he started ministering. He started doing the very opposite of what he did before. He was killing people for preaching the gospel. And then he became the one that was preaching the gospel. Like, what an amazing story. God can do that in your life. It doesn't matter where you're at or how far we feel or, or how, how far away from God we might think that we are. God can bring us back. His grace and mercy does that. And so we see him move in that way and, and we can rest in knowing that we have God's grace on our side and he can bring us up from a place of quarantine and he can reset our walk with him. The second thing here is restoration. I believe that from rest we get restoration and that from a place of quarantine, how, how we can reset our walk with God from the secret place is this. And so I'm going to have you jump with me in your, in your Bibles, and, and this is where we're going to go in deep, all right? Are you ready? You guys ready? Are you, are you ready at home, okay? Uh, where's my youth students? Where's my kids, okay? You guys hanging with me? And I, I believe that God speaks to us no matter where we're at. You see, I was talking to different people throughout this week, checking on people, our very own Liz Taylor. I was talking to people in their 80s and their 90s, and they were saying we've, they've never seen anything like this in the world happen. Like we are experiencing something that nobody has, has dealt with, experienced, gone through in this way before in, in the generations that are here on earth. And so many of us are kind of throwing our hands up like, what do we do? How do we react? How do we respond? How do, how do we deal with this? And I want to talk about how when we walk with God, he helps us through the midst of these storms that he brings and provides a way through them. And so Acts chapter 16 in your Bibles, uh, read along with me. You see, this is a time where God is going to use as him bringing his children back to him. I really believe that. You see, Paul is, is coming to a point now where he's deeper in his ministry, and he's so out there and preaching that people are not happy about it. Okay, the very person that he was before, he's coming in front of those people now who aren't happy with the fact that he is telling people about Jesus. And so we're going to see what happens here in Acts 16. Um, it, it says this. We're going to uh, Acts 16, 16. So chapter 16, verse 16 is where we are starting. It says, Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul the rest. She followed, followed and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. You see, this woman had a spirit over her. She was possessed, and she, it says that she could do fortune telling, but that was just deception of, of Satan trying to lie. But the thing is, is even the lies of Satan know that God is in control. It says, as she was saying, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at the moment, the spirit left her. You see, the interesting thing is, is this woman was, was following them around. Satan was trying to taunt them as they were preaching the gospel day in and day out, and she was just going everywhere they were going. You know, I feel like that's kind of like the midst of the situation. The, 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 the COVID-19 is surrounding everything and all the thoughts of everything that's going on and it's looming and, it, and it's dooming around us 
all, all of our responses to everything we're doing right now. And I think there's fear that's put in place. There's anxiety. There's frustration that's put in place. There, there's loss that's happening. There's sickness that's happening. A lot of darkness in our world, and it, and it just kind of seems like it's hanging over our head. And, and we're, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to see what's going to happen through it. We're, we're, we're waiting for people to respond. We're seeing what our government's saying, what they're not saying. We're, we're, we're trusting that, that there's going to be something that's going to be a resolve to this. But really, I think it comes back to the heart of who God is. And so just like they're experiencing here, there's something that's looming over them as we are in our world right now. But, but here's where it starts to turn around. And, and, and just when we think, okay, they're good, they're clear of this, it, it gets worse. I'm sorry, it, it, it does for them. But we're going to see what happens. So continuing on in, in chapter 16, verse 19, it says, when her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, so they were using this woman to make money, they realized it was gone. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. And so they're saying, hey, they're, they're teaching about Jesus, and that's against what we believe and what we do. It's, it's unlawful for us to practice that, and these guys are saying that. And so they bring them in that place, and it says in verse 22, it says, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrate ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. These guys were tied up, chained up in the inner cell, the deepest part of the jail, because of what they were doing. They were put in a place of being stuck, locked up, quarantined. They couldn't leave. Circumstances out of their hands. Kind of sounds like our world today, right? Circumstances out of our hands. There's nothing we can do. How do we respond? And this is the awesome part. I love this. And, and I got so excited. The Lord was, was, was really putting on my heart. He's like, study Paul. Look at what places that I brought him from, from a place of quarantine, the things that I brought out of that, from a place of them imbi- abiding in me, from them finding that secret place, watch what I can do. And I believe this is a message and a word for us. And so this is what it says. It continues on in verse 25. It says, about midnight... Paul and Silas were playing and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Watch this. In verse 26, it says, Suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the, the, foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison's do- prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Okay? So picture this, right? They're, they're locked in the inner cell. It says their feet, their hands, man, they're shackled up. They're put in a place they can't leave. They're locked up deep in this jail. And it says they were praying and singing hymns to God. And it said the foundations of this jail shook and opened the doors and broke off the chains. And, and they, were, they were in a place where it was released and it was opened up. You see, in the secret place, worship will arise that will open heaven and shake earth, okay? Do you guys hear me? Like in the midst of this, like I'm, I'm not only talking about what happens right here, but this is our example because in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of, midst of the things that are looming over our head right now, how do we respond? What do we get to do? We get to participate in a relationship with God and it says they were praying and they were singing hymns and then the earth shook and I believe that this is what the word is for us is that in the secret place, from where we're at, stuck in our homes, in a place where we can't leave, where we're together as a family. Worship, I believe this right now, today. I'm I'm talking about a word for today. Worship will arise that will open heaven and shake the earth. Man, imagine what would happen if we put ourselves in a place of worship where we're like, God, we, we don't know the answer. We don't have the answer. We need you. We worship you. You are worthy. You are holy to a place where it shakes this earth because we need a shaking in our earth. We need a healing in our earth. We need God to move. And that's exactly what these guys did. And so can we ask ourselves, can we, can we worship like that in the midst of the circumstance that, we are, that the outcome is that God might open heaven and shake up the earth? If we, if we 
put ourselves in a place, I encourage you, put yourself in a place of worship that God will come and he will move and he will shake heaven and he will shake earth in a place that will bring freedom and will bring breakthrough and that will bring restoration in our lives. But you see, it was in a secret place. It was them abiding in the relationship with God. Can worship and prayer and calling on the name of God heal people, heal nations, open the door for a move of God's hand in the midst of COVID-19? And the answer is yes. I believe that with all my heart, that worship and prayer, us calling on the name of God can bring healing in the name of Jesus. It can be spread. You know, the thing is, is COVID-19, the sickness itself, it's the, the, the concern is that it's being spread all over our nation, all over our world, and that's why we're in a place where we're trying to cut back and, and bring protection from it spreading. But you know what spreads even more than COVID-19 and sickness? The hope of God, the Holy Spirit, the love of Christ. That spreads faster when we abide in God's freedom and worship. That can change us. That can bring us from a place of quarantine to a place of worship, to God bringing restoration in our earth. And people physically, by healing them, we trust in the Lord. We, we, we step and walk in faith and believe in our worship that God can shake up this earth. And so just as we worshiped earlier, that from our homes even, God can bring up a, a restoration through our praise, through our worship, through our prayer to him. And my, my question to you is, is, are we opening up our hearts to get into that secret place with God, to seek his face? I, I'm talking like on our knees, God, we need you. God, God, move in this place. And I believe through that, God is going to shake something up in this earth that we've never seen before. That God, it's going to be, I, I've been calling it the shake up for the wake up in the church. That God's going to shake things up to wake us up in order for him to use us to move in amazing ways. That God's spirit is more contagious. His hand, his power, his love, his grace, his mercy is more powerful and will spread faster than any sickness that we will see. And I believe that starts right within us in our hearts. And it starts from us in the place of quarantine. What could God do in the midst of this? What could God bring out of this? We're going to continue to talk about that. What is God bringing up from a place of quarantine? What is God doing in the midst of your heart right now? So we see rest, we see restorations. And then the third thing here, and this is so fitting, and this is reset in our families. God can bring reset within our families. Now, many of you kind of have been hunkered down in your homes, and, and some of you are off of work. Some of you are off of school, right? Many of you are, and, and it's going to be for a couple weeks here in Illinois until April 7th. We're, we're told to stay in our homes as much as possible, just going out for the necessities. And so we're in a place where we're with our families. You're at home. You're with your kids. Kids, you're with your parents, right? You're all hanging out, right? How's it going? Let, let, turn, turn to your, your parent or your sibling or whoever's next to you and ask them, how's it going, okay? Maybe give a little sniff and say, man, you stink. When's the last time you showered, right? Yeah, it might have been a couple days by now. But we're, we're stuck together. And, and we're put in a place where, where we're going, uh, we're, we're all together, and there is no place to go. And the amazing thing, and this is why, man, if we don't believe that the word of God speaks to us and transcends even the time that it's in, uh, let this speak to your heart. Because God brought Paul and Silas to a place of freedom, not only from them singing, but, but also them crying out before the Lord, and it made the earth shake. And I believe that can happen in the church today, in our world, across this globe. But here's what's going to happen, I believe, in our families when we, when we go to the Lord with this. He can reset us. You see, we have another character, and that's the jailer. And it says the, the world, uh, with the world, it, it, this kind of represents who the jailer is, I think, is the world around us. And, and coming to this idea that, that we do need Jesus, that we do need a, a relationship with God, that God created us to be in relationship with him. And we do that. It says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved because of what Jesus did. And so we can look at our world and say, who, who, can, who can be saved? What, what are we being saved from? From death, from sickness, from hell, the reality of hell. It, 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 scripture tells us the fact that, that the wages, like I said earlier, the wages of sin is death. It's talking about an eternal death. But when we walk in relationship with God, that relationship is eternal. 
when we chase after God, that's something that is eternal, that we get to spend eternity with God in heaven and not hell because of what Jesus did, that he died for you and I. And he wants that kind of relationship with us. And so I think the jailer can represent the world and, and around us and, and people that, that are struggling. And many of us are in that place right now. And we're really saying, man, where is God in the midst of this? And I want you to see this. And I believe that it's going to start within our families. We're in a place where we're stuck. What can God do? What can he bring up from a place of quarantine? So read with me, uh, jumping back into Acts 16. We're going to be jumping to verse 27. The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, he said, don't harm yourself, we're all here. He said, wait, before you freak out, before you, before you end your life, we're all here, we didn't leave. We, we, the doors were open, they were swung wide open, but we're still here. Verse 29 says, the jailer called for lights, called called for lights, rushed in and fell, trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. See, it's not only him, but he's talking about his entire house. This is our families. This is all of us. It says in verse 32, it says, Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. They, they, they shared the message of the gospel, the word of God with them and said, hey, this is a God that loves you, wants a relationship with you. And so this was a guy that before locked him up and he was, was going to end his life because he thought they escaped. And, and his punishment was going to be that they were going to kill him anyway. So he's like, I'm just going to end it right here because they escaped. And they're like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. God has a different plan for your life. And so we read on in 33, it says, At the hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his whole household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household came to believe God, to have a relationship with God through this. So God used the individual that locked them up originally, right, to put them in this place of quarantine, and that same individual, God turned around his life. How many of us is that? We're in this place, we're like, I, I can't go to God with this. Or, or what is God doing in the midst of this? How can, how can I trust in God? Or I, I've been too far, or I've walked away. God wants to reset a relationship with him right now, today, in this moment. He desires you. He desires your family, each and every person. It says that his whole household got saved because God's wanting to bring restoration in the families. You see, it's interesting because we're all together. And, and, and I think that so many times in our, our walk with God, we, we say, man, I want to do this. I want to spend more time with the Lord in prayer. I, I want to worship more. I want to spend time in the Word, but I'm just so busy. I've been there. I'll be the first to admit, even as a pastor, that there's times where it gets busy, and I'm like, man, I need to be spending more time with the Lord. But here's the thing is, is the condition of God and our relationship with Him is inviting Him into every part of our life. It's not just this, this little glimpse of time, but it's everything that we do, that God's in the midst of everything, and he's in the midst of our families. If we were to ask ourselves uh, what distracts us from our family relationships most, maybe take a second and, and talk about that real quick. Like, what distracts you guys from your relationships most? Is it school? Is it work? Is it things going on? Is it the busyness of life? What distracts our families most from each other? What distracts us from our spouses taking time to spend one-on-one -on -one time with each other. Maybe it's the busyness of life and your kids and what's going on. What distracts you from your kids? Kids, what distracts you from your parents, from trying to spend time with them, from realizing that, you know, even in moments where you think they're not as cool as they are, they're actually pretty cool and they love you and they want to be with you. What distracts us? Is it maybe insecurity or, or is it the thoughts of the world? You know, I think if we asked ourselves this a week ago, um, it would be very different. What distracts us from our families? A week ago, we might have been too busy even to, to go to God or hear from him. But what would happen if everything halted? What, what would happen if we were in a place where literally everything froze in our lives and God wanted to hit reset and bring restoration in us? What, what would that look like? And we're in the midst of that right now. 
a week ago, two weeks ago, we would have looked at it and said, man, you know, these are all the distractions, school, work, sports, extracurriculars that we're doing, and part of at school or work, things that are going on, travel, uh, you know, vacations, the MLB, the NHL, the NBA, March Madness, all these things going on. But is God maybe trying to grab our attention in the middle of this storm? You see, God, in one way or another, he is, is doing something in the midst of our families. And if we ask that question, what distracts us from each other? Well, we, we, it's time. It's the things that soak up our time where we, we don't always take the, the time to focus on one another because of all these things and you insert them for, for you. And they're not even bad things, but they take our focus and our attention away, number one, from God and then from each other. But what if God is using this opportunity? Because here's the thing is, is God allows things sometimes to happen. And I'm not saying he's, he's causing it or he made this happen, but, but, but there's a broken world. It's a fallen world. There is a fight between good and evil. There's a fight for your life right now, and you need to know that. But God is in control. It says his light will overcome all darkness, any kind of darkness in the world. And so, yes, we're in the midst of this, and maybe we don't know the answer of what or why or how, but we don't need to. All we need to do is look towards God and say, God, you know what? You're in control, and I believe that you're going to do something through this. What could God do in the midst of it? What could God do through it? Maybe God's trying to grab our attention, and especially in our families. How can we come together in this moment and pay attention to our spouse and bring restoration to our relationship, bring, bring that stronger together? for you and your husband or your wife. Maybe it's spending time with your kids. I, I saw some of you guys out there and, and you were teaching your kids how to change tires on the car. I think that's awesome. Man, and in the, in the busyness of our week, would we have taken the time to do that? Maybe not. But that's a moment that can be pivotal for them and it's just spending that time. Kids, youth, your parents want to be there for you. And I know sometimes life gets busy and, and, and we don't always get that opportunity, but how can you look towards building a relationship with your parents that is deep and long-lasting? You have the opportunity right now. I believe God is bringing a restoration and a reset in our families right now. How can the family unit be put into perspective? How is God using the time to restore the hearts of our families right now? See, I believe healing and restoration, it's taking time to love each other, taking time to reconnect, Taking time to play, choke around, play some games. Is there a reset that God is trying to do from a place of quarantine right now in our families? You know, I think that we can look at in America, but I think worldwide and the brokenness that is in families. And there's been study after study after study that goes through this. And the biggest link, I think, to this, and that, that in America and worldwide, the biggest missing link to this is the family unit the honor to the family unit. Pastor Mike has talked about this within relationships is that there's a missing link in, in the family unit. God has designed us as families to come together and it might look different for you, right? Families might look a little bit different, but God brings people together and he brings people that we call family and that we are family, blood related or not, that we are family. God brings us together and I think that the biggest missing link in our world right now is an honor for the family unit. And so maybe God is using this as a time to bring from a place of quarantine that we can abide within our families. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God will protect what is his, and he will put it back together. So yes, there is darkness, sickness, death in the world right now, chaos, because we don't know what's going on, but God is always going to protect what is his, and that's you, his children, but it's also the family unit that he built. God is going to protect us. And so the enemy tries to break it down and take it back, but God is going to protect it. Abide as a family from a place of quarantine. How can God bring you closer together? Like I said, kids to your parents, parents to your kids, spouses. How can you guys build that relationship as a family? And so I believe God is bringing restoration from a place of quarantine, that he is resetting our walk with him, but he's also resetting our walk with one another. And I believe families are going to come out of this stronger and we're going to look at the perspective of our family unit differently through this time because I believe in these moments God brings us together and he's taking back the ground that is his and that is the family unit in our nation and in our world. God is restoring that. The last thing that I think that we see is this all comes together and I believe that there is a reset in our relationship with God, that God is resetting our relationship with him. 
And this is how we, it, it ends going back to us. And, I, and I want, back to our scripture here, I want to share this thought before we jump into it. Many times God will bring us out with the very thing that brought us down. You see, a lot of times when we face hardships and struggle and suffering in our lives and the trials and the storms, God, the, the very thing that brought us down, God a lot of times will bring us out with that very thing. And so the storm we're facing right now is this chaos and this sickness and this fear that's in our world, but faith will all overcome this. God will overcome this. He is in control. And so what is God going to do from a place of quarantine where he can reset in our relationship with God? So come back to uh, the scripture with me there in Acts chapter 16, jump into verse 35. It says, when it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order. So they had eat, they, he washed out their wounds, he took care of them, and this jailer, is, the whole household got saved. They got set free. They, they, he was going to kill himself, and they said, no, 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 wait, God's got a different plan, and he brought them to a place of healing. And then this is what happens after. It says, when it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. Man, in a, in, a, in, a, in a world of darkness and being locked up and being punished and beaten, they say go in peace. But here's the thing. Here's where God, God really turns this around. He shakes up this story because they could have just left and been like, all right, we're on our way. But here's the thing. God, God had a different thing that he wanted to show Verse 37, it says, But Paul said to the officers, They beat us publicly without a trial. Where's the justice, he's saying? It says, Even though we are Roman citizens, and they threw us into prison. And now do they want to get rid of us quietly? No. Let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. And so they had the facts wrong about who these guys were. And they, they were not giving justice. And Paul was calling out. He's like, no. He's like, these guys did us wrong. They, 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 they beat us. They, they didn't give us justice. They didn't give us a trial. And he said, they're just going to try and cover this up and let it go quietly. But here's the thing is, is God always brings things into light. God always brings truth out. And so the fear in the world, the things that are being spread and said that are false, we got to focus on the Lord. We got to trust in him. We, we got to get our facts right, like pay attention, use wisdom, but know that God is in control. That's part of walking in faith, that God is going to work something out through the midst of the worldwide pandemic that's going on. I believe God is birthing something amazing out of this situation. And here's the thing is, is a lot of times he uses that thing to bring us out. This is what I mean. So they were, they were alarmed that this happened. Jump to verse 39 with me. It says, they came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house there where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them, and then they left. So the very ones that took them in and ridiculed them and beat them and accused them and threw them in jail, God used those guys and said, hey, I'm going to bring them back and I'm going to have those guys escort you out because it made the wrong right. It made them understand what they did was wrong and God brought a right out of that. And this is what I mean, what God is going to do, and I believe that for right now, and what God's going to do in the midst of this by resetting our relationship with him, by resetting the world, by bringing a focus back to the family, by bringing a focus back to him in the secret place and meeting with him in worship. It says that in the same, the same thing that brought us into the situation we are in, no matter what, God will use a vehicle for a new thing, for good, for his glory to work a miracle. What I mean by that is like, just like these guys, the guys that brought them in and ridiculed them, the thing, the storm that came in the place that locked them up and quarantined them, that put them in a place where they, where they were bound, they were set free by God and, and he used the very people that brought them in that place to bring them out. My, 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 my message behind that idea is that God is gonna use the very vehicle that is the storm in our life 
whether this is the, the pandemic that's going on, the sickness that's going on, the hurt, the pain in your life from your past, God can use the vehicle of that to bring us out of this storm and make us victors, to give us freedom from the place of quarantine, to bring reset in our life, to bring restoration in our life. He can use the, the vehicle of this sickness and what we're experiencing that we've never experienced before in our world. He can use that to bring out his hand. He can work in an amazing way. He can use that vehicle to bring us out of that. You see, it's all about the protection of God, him looking out for us. And going back to that verse in Psalm where we abide in him and he is our protector. I'm going to ask Ashley to come back up as we, as we close up, as we, as we bring this to an end. And the thing is, is that when God works and moves in these ways, his grace is what brought us here for such a time as this. His grace brought us here for such a time as this. Not the sickness, not what's going on in our world, not what we're experiencing right now, but God's grace. He, he allows us in this place, in the time in history, for a reason. God has a plan and a purpose for your life right now. He's bringing it back to a place of abiding in the secret place where he can protect us and where he can actually use us. Just like Saul was, had to be brought to his knees and blinded, God had to use that situation as a vehicle to bring him into ministry for him. What could God do right in the midst of this? In the midst of opposition, of quarantine, of unknowns, of fear, of anxiety of our, what's going on in our world, God, God can do amazing things because in the midst of this, Paul was jailed many more times throughout Scripture, but God wrote the ha half of the New Testament through Paul in the midst of him being under arrest. What could God do through us in this time? What could God do through us in our families? You see, God gave these words to Paul in, conf in, in confidence. He gave him the word to speak. He sought out God in the secret place. He was abiding in him. Paul was taking the time to press in the Lord and worship. Paul and Silas were crying out in prayer and worship to trust in the Lord, and he shook up the earth. I'm going to say it again. I believe God has something for his children and desires to speak it through you. Yes, I believe that God wants to give you a word in the midst of you being locked in your home right now. I believe God wants to bring restoration to your family in the midst of you being stuck at home right now. I believe God is going to bring some amazing things out of this. It looks like a storm. It looks like darkness is ahead. We don't know when it's going to end. We don't have the answers, but I believe that through this, God is going to use it for something greater. You see, we got we to seek God in the secret place. Sometimes everything has to be put on hold for us. Everything's been put on hold for you right now in this moment. All the distractions, everything that takes away. Man, turn off the TV, everything. Turn off, not right now, but later, turn off the social media. Man, go before God and as a family, worship him. What could God do in the midst of the quarantine we're in? How can he reset a relationship with him? You know, I believe, like I said, it's a shake-up for the wake-up. I think there's a reset before the revival. I believe God wants to bring revival to his people and to those that need to come to him, those that are lost, those that don't know him. God wants to use you as his child to speak to others. He's going to speak through you, and I believe God is going to bring revival. But sometimes there's got to be a reset. Sometimes there's got to be a shake-up before the wake-up. You see, there were plagues before there was freedom for the Israelites when they were stuck in Egypt, right? And those brought persecution before there was freedom for them. Many of the believers were persecuted for believing in Jesus, but it brought a freedom to them. There was death before there was resurrection for Jesus. A lot of times there's storms and there's darkness and we don't know what's gonna happen, but we do know that God does, that he's in control. And so as I close, I wanna end with this scripture for you. It's Philippians 12, uh, 4, verse 12 through 14. It says, not that I have already obtained all this. And this is Paul speaking. It says, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of what for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize of which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. See, we're called in the midst of the suffering that, hey, man, we're, we're still a work in progress. Man, I am a work in progress. 
Like I said, as a pastor, even this week, I feel like I've been in prayer and going to God more than I ever have because I believe that's the time we're in to press into God, to go to him, to seek out the answers that he has. What does he want to do in your life? What does he want to do in your family? What does he want to restore right now within the relationships in your family, in your home? What could God do? And so just to recap, what if in our faith, in our walk with God, we reset by residing and abiding in a relationship with him? What if we go to that secret place and abide in the Lord? What if we abide in worship that shakes the whole earth? Man, to go into prayer and press into worship that brings a shaking and a wake up to the world around us. That God can use you to speak to others, to bring them to relationship with him, to, to know that freedom, to know that love, to know that grace. When we abide in worship that can shake the whole earth. What if we abide in our families and grow closer to God as a family unit? Man, God is taking back what is his and it's an extraordinary thing because it seems like it's in the midst of one of the darkest times that we've seen, but God is taking ground back. What can he restore today in your family? What if we abide in knowing and trusting that he is in control and he will bring us through? And I'll read that again, John 15, 14, like I started off. It says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of its own unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me press into the secret place of God. What can he do through a place of quarantine in your life right now? I believe, and I'm going to state this again, I truly believe this is a message from the Lord to the church today. I believe God has something for his children and desires to speak it through them. God wants to speak something through you in the midst of this. Abide in him and he will abide in you. Seek God in the secret place. Everything has been put on hold for you. Everything right now in the world has been put on hold. Man, things we thought would never be able to be canceled or put aside, they've been shut down. What are we left with? We're left with pressing into the presence of God. And what can he do through you in the midst of this? What can he do through your family in the midst of this? Going back to that title, from a place of quarantine, God is resetting our relationship with him in the secret place. We're stuck. We're stuck at home next couple weeks. There might be e-learning. There might be things that we have to do working from home. But what are we going to do with that time? What are we going to do in that place? We can live in fear. We can walk in the unknowns. Or we can walk in faith and trust that God is in control, that you are under his protection. And so I just want to end with this. I, I want to pray for you. And I want us to be praying as the church and pressing into the secret place I want us to be abiding in God and who he is, that he brings that protection. You might know someone or you might be someone that's even experiencing this sickness or some other sickness or ailment going on. You might be spiritually in a place where you're like, man, I'm wrestling. I believe God wants to bring us to our knees to seek his face, to know that he's in control and that through the midst of the darkness, God can bring something amazing. Through the midst of us being in a place of quarantine, God can create something beautiful. It's the shake up for the wake up. It's the reset for the revival. I believe God is gonna bring amazing, beautiful things out of this. So I wanna pray for you and your family. If you, if you as an individual are saying, man, I, I see this and, and I wanna walk with God, I wanna give you that opportunity. I, I want you to be able to pray before the Lord today and, and seek him. Reach out in the comments. Shoot us a message. Shoot us a, 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 an instant message on, on Facebook. We want to pray with you. We want to walk with you. We want to help you understand what it means to walk with a relationship with Jesus because it's as easy as, as saying, God, forgive me of my sins. I give my life to you. I want to live for you. And we're accepted into the kingdom of God. And so let's pray. Let's go before the Lord reach out, go in the comments, pray for one another. But man, take a time this week, today, to spend in prayer and worship with your family. I believe God's resetting so many things to bring back ground that is his. He's restoring marriages. He's restoring families. He's restoring relationships with kids and parents. And he's doing something in your heart. He's resetting your relationship with him. doesn't matter if you decided to follow Jesus today or you walked with him for 50, 60, 70 years. God can do a new thing in our lives. And he is working through the midst of us being in a place of quarantine. Let's abide in him. Let's go to him. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for who you are. 
Lord, I thank you that you truly are in control. God, that when we abide in you the most high, Lord, that you shelter us under your wing. God, when we abide in you, when we go and we spend time with you, when we press into your presence, you are in our midst and you are working. And Lord, I pray for those that are experiencing sickness right now. I pray for those that are experiencing job loss, God. Any effect of what's going on in our world right now, Lord, I pray that you would bring healing. Lord, I pray that you would bring physical healing, spiritual healing. Lord, I pray that you would provide job opportunities out of this, God, that they never would have taken, they would have never known before, God. But I pray that you do a new work in us, God, and that your healing comes. Lord, I pray that your protection in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, we are covered, Lord. We trust in you, God, for healing. Lord, we walk in faith and know that you are in control, Lord, and I pray that we can trust in that today. And God, I ask that we would step into the secret place. Lord, that we would meet with you. Lord, that we would abide in your love, in your grace, and in your mercy. Lord, we would trust that you are in control of our lives. God, you're in control of this world. Lord, you know the end of what this sickness is. God, you know what the end of this pandemic is. And Lord, I believe that you're gonna bring up new things within our hearts, Lord. Inspire your people in the midst of this situation, God. Just as you inspired Paul with the word and the New Testament and the books that he wrote, God, that you, wrote, you spoke through him, Lord, I pray that you would do a new work in our lives and in our hearts. God, touch our families Bring restoration. Bring us back together. Lord, take back what is yours. And God, I pray that we come out of this stronger, Lord, more confident in you, more trusting in you than ever before. And God, that we would worship and pray to you in the secret place, God, that we would abide in your love and rest in your presence. Lord, we thank you for you. God, we thank you for the gift of your son. Lord, that you died for us. Lord, I pray those that are desiring to walk in relationship with you, God, I, I pray that they would make that stand. Lord, that they would take that prayer. Say, Lord, come be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I want to walk with you. I pray they pray that today. Lord, we lift it all up to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, church. Thank you for worshiping with us. I know we're a little bit over our time, but I really feel like um, this is a time where we need to turn back to hope and peace of God and who he is. And so I, I pray that, that the peace of the Lord is with you, that God goes with you wherever you are at, and that we press into his presence. God bless you guys.